Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Me as an entrepreneur, even though it's my passion, I can burn out very quickly. I can hit walls. And a lot of times as CEOs or entrepreneurs, as the visionary, like Walt Disney, he's a great story of passion burnout. He never got to see the finished product of what he was trying to build when it came to his whole vision because it eventually took his life from just not taking care of himself. Experiencing passion burnout is just... If you're constantly having the bow and arrow stretch so tight, eventually it's going to snap. What I try to teach CEOs is you have to take a break. It's okay to be purpose-driven, but be purpose-driven and be balanced at the same time. Welcome back. I hope your week's been awesome so far. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast today as my guest, Matthew L. Cox, the leading performance coach in Las Vegas. Matthew has extensive experience in personal development training. His simple to understand and follow framework has helped hundreds of his clients increase their awareness to their greater purpose, therefore helping individuals, teams and organizations reach new heights. Matthew has conducted interviews with the world's leading influencers and leaders in human behavior, in business, and in social change through his podcasts. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain of this show, this InnovaBuzz show, go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel. There, you'll be able to get your very own digital token, which will give you membership of the Flywheel Nation community, where you will have direct access to our amazing podcast guests, as well as me, of course, and you'll have access to a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Now, we've minted just 30 copies of this digital token, so get in quick before they're snapped up. In our conversation today, Matthew talked to me about having the courage to lead differently through purpose-driven leadership and leading with values. We talked about creating human quality in the workspace and sustaining a vibrant, healthy culture. And Matthew explained why you have to have each of a people plan, a health plan, and a results plan. 
Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Matthew Cox. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome today to the InnovaBuzz podcast from Las Vegas in the USA, although he's traveling in South Carolina, I think at the moment, Matthew Cox, who's the founder of MC Training and host of the Purpose Driven po- Person podcast. Lots of peas in that. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, yeah. Matthew. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. Now, you were saying you're doing some training right now. You do a lot of training with individuals, with small business owners, as well as corporations, primarily talking about finding their bigger purpose. And you've got books published, including The Courage to Learn Differently, Purpose Driven Person, and Mastering Simplicity, I think, is the latest one. Now, before we start talking about all those things, particularly I'm fascinated by this whole idea of being purpose driven. Um, what's the impact you're making in the world? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Yeah, so, you know, it's been a journey. I started my journey. I'll, I'll just give you the two-second elevator uh, pitch on it. It's, <laughs> you know, I, I started doing this, um, man, since in my early ages. I, I started out just helping people, uh, mostly in the youth area. I started helping kids that were um, at risk, really struggling having a hard time and, and it was when in my early nine I started at 1920 and it just kind of dri- drove my purpose but I think it was when I was um, in high school uh, I was that kid that struggled in school uh, I still currently read at a fourth grade level um, I didn't like school um, I'd always was the one skipping school or hiding behind the school and when it was a test day or telling my mom I was sick um, and, you know, trying to get out of school when there was something going on that I didn't want to be there. Um, so that's where I think it started. I remember sitting there in my senior or my sophomore year in, in the States. They have the 11th and 12th grade. And I really sat on the steps once after failing a test for the 100th time. And I just didn't want kids or anybody to feel the way I was. I think that's when my journey began. Um, I had a huge shift. Mm. And I can't. I grew up in a small town, and I have. Uh, I had seven brothers and sisters, and later later on, we added five more steps, so we now have twelve all together in our family. So we just came from a big family, oh, and I think those experiences kind of added up to where my purpose-driven journey began. Is just being that kid that struggled back a uh, mm. lo- long time mm. ago. So it was really, it was really tough. So learning's always been tough for me. And that's where I just, I think that's what the journey started. Uh, and, the, and the other side of the coin is now I love to learn. And I read a book a month. And it's <laughs> beauty because I listen to a book a month. Uh, for the listeners to understand that, uh, it's beautiful to have Audible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm certainly a fan of the audio book. I didn't have those experiences that you had. And um never really could say that I had difficulty learning. In fact, it always came naturally. And yet, I still prefer audio books today. It's just, uh, I, I think it's just a convenient way to consume. So, when when did you find that transition that 
it wasn't that you had difficulty learning, it was just that you learned differently to what the system was trying to, the way the system was trying to teach. When did you, when did that click into place and you thought, okay, wow. I can actually learn stuff yeah, and this is fun learning? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it hit um, in my college time. Uh, I actually, senior year, I had a teacher tell, um, senior year, I had a teacher tell me that I would never graduate high school. And uh, I, I made it. And I remember sitting in college, um, when I started my college career, uh, I didn't do too well because I, I was playing soccer and I forgot to go to class. And because um, I loved soccer, I, I grew up playing it. And it was when I was sitting there in math, because um, I, I just couldn't pass math in my first year of college. And um, in, in, in that college, you had the test and they gave this, it's like an aptitude test where you should fit when it came to math. And they placed me in the lowest math there was at that college because I, I did terrible. And, um, and so I did it. I went through it. I flunked it seven times. I couldn't get through it. That's how many times. I mean, I, I could have been a career student. And I remember um, <laughs> where somebody set me down and kind of guided me. So it was the shift of learning differently. I knew I didn't learn it the same as everybody. I couldn't go into a normal class. and So I started interviewing all the math teachers. I started going around and talking to them and mm -hmm. interviewing them, asking them what their style of teaching was, uh, explained, and I was very transparent what, what I struggled with. And I found one teacher in the summer, um, Mr. Bowler, I still remember, he was a lawyer. And he just, he was an adjunct teacher. He would just teach in the summers. And he met my style and I took his class and I, I passed it. And, uh, and, and I got a little bit lower than I should have and I went to the math department. So that was my turning point when I realized I had to be the one uh, to understand and teach people I learned different and advocate for it. And so I realized in that process that that's when my turning point began. And it was a game changer because then I started doing it with yeah. everything I did. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. You sort of took responsibility for your circumstance and said, well, what can I influence to change it? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, let's come back to that purpose-driven title that you have for one of your books and also for the podcast. What? What specifically do you mean by purpose-driven? So purpose-driven came about after all those experiences I shared. It was uh, after college, I, I started working with foster kids and um, helping kids that didn't have homes. I was introduced to, to it by a friend and, and uh, he, he was working on uh, seminars. He did emotional growth seminars. And so I fell into life coaching. I actually started helping people um, kind of find their purpose. And, and, and it just came about because um, I was always looking for mine. I think as human beings, we're always looking for a purpose. Um, one of my favorite authors, Viktor Frankl, talks about if you don't have a cause greater than you, uh, there's that exponential frustration that, in, you know, that as you hear, it, it's that lack of purpose, that lack of meaning. And I just, I really navigated, or um, not navigated, but I gravitated towards that concept of finding meaning in life because uh, I was that kid that was always told that I didn't have a meaning. Uh, statistically, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. 
Um, and so I just started that journey. I started helping people. I started with teenagers, then it ended up with parents, I started going into homes, and then I started becoming an entrepreneur and starting businesses. And, and now, I, now I do that with, uh, now I do that with um, executive directors and, and entrepreneurs. And it was just this, it's been this journey, um, helping them find their purpose. Because a lot of times we either lose our purpose or we burn out on our purpose. And so it's really interesting when it comes to finding purpose. So that's kind of the journey. It just slowly worked in and, and it's just been my, my uh, go-to formula in life, dr- purpose driven. You have to find something that you love to do love the people you work with and love getting out of bed every day. Mm. Yes, powerful words. Uh, there's a couple of things you mentioned there that I'd love to explore some more. It's a, one is the finding of the purpose. So that's, I mean, there's a, a lot written and spoken about finding your why. And there's Simon Sinek's book, of course, um, and yeah. I, I'm always curious about this idea of finding so there's a purpose out there for everybody and you just have to uncover it. Is that the way you see it or is it is it more a case of um, just bringing people to a point where they're motivated to do something? I, I think it's a combination of both, but I think it goes with Simon and it, I think it is everybody has a purpose and... Uh, but it's also looking at uh, guiding them and giving them the tools to open the door. Because some people, just being in the industry I've been, uh, dealing with mental health issues and working with people that are on their, you know, really on the low uh, of lows. Um, I love uh, uh, Glosser. Glosser was a theorist on reality therapy. Uh, reality therapy, it goes along with Simon's information, trying to find your why. But if I'm depressed and I need to get up and I got to do something, reality therapy says, get up and go do it. Um, we can talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. We can we can vent about it. Because um, really, statistically, again, I go back to that. As a kid with what I've dealt with, I should be depressed. I should be not doing anything. But what I found to get to that why is get up and get busy, make a lot of mistakes and make a lot of movement. Because uh, failure is a good thing. So I think that's where Simon's going with it, that everybody does have their why. This is my, I call it my calling in life, um, helping kids at risk, helping families with mental health or in crisis, or even helping entrepreneurs run their business better. Um, so I think it goes along with what you're saying there is, uh, Simon talks about what is your why, but I, I add a little bit piece, one more piece to it is what is the motivation to get there and how do you get over the fear to get your purpose and why does that make sense yeah yeah it does and and you touched on something there also that i think is really important in that to explore and perhaps for a lot of people to reframe and that's failure is a good thing Um, and and as a scientist i mean I, i still worry about failure and worry about getting things wrong but at the same time, I often remind myself, hey, I'm a scientist. It's basically the scientific method is postulate an outcome, run an experiment, see if that postulate was correct. If it wasn't correct, then 
it's simply another piece of data and you adjust your exper your next experiment maybe adjust your postulate and do it again until you until you yeah. succeed until you perfect it yeah mm. yeah the other thing you mentioned there that I'd love to get you to expand on a little bit more was the uh, the idea of uh, the passion burnout yeah yeah passion burnout I've seen it a lot in executives um, uh, as I work with CEOs or people that own businesses um, even myself I, I've, I've ran several businesses over the years I've sold very very big businesses um, from from all the way small to um, selling off businesses at the at the amount of nine, 19 million and and having tons of employees so me as an entrepreneur a lot of times passion burnout even though it's my passion I can burn out very quickly I can hit walls and a lot of times as as CEOs or entrepreneurs I call our entrepreneurs visionaries as the visionary uh, like Walt Disney he's a great story of passion burnout he never got to see the finished product of what he was trying to build when it came to his whole vision because it eventually took his life from just not taking care of himself and he's a visionary he is a good example and there's many others many others that went for us um, and experiencing passion burnout is just if you're constantly having the, the you know the bow and arrow stretch so tight eventually it's gonna snap and so what I try to teach CEOs is you have to take a break it's okay to be purpose-driven but be purpose-driven and be balanced at the same time because if it's your family, if it's your animals. So a lot of times when I work with CEOs, I try to get them not to be workaholics because everybody's been there. I'm guilty. And um, yeah. I think I found more joy in my business. when Even though it was making a lot of money and it was doing well, it wasn't satisfying because I was so tired all the time. And I didn't get to enjoy my kids. I didn't get to enjoy everybody. And so what I do is help them reconnect to why they're doing it. Because um, I think the biggest CEOs, I, I've worked with CEOs, Fortune 500, really big CEOs, and they're just the most unhappy individuals ever. Um, but they have a lot of money, but they don't have purpose, if that makes sense. They've already hit all the things they could, and now they're burnt out. So then we reconnect to their passion. And that's what I, I deem passion burnout is, is you make every goal you there there is, and you're not constantly moving, and you're not constantly having that ba that balance. You have to have that balance. Uh, I think a lot of really high performers end up losing their health in the process. You can you can look at a good show to kind of measure that against is like the Shark Tank. You'll see a lot of those very successful individuals. Uh, I've met a few of them, um, and they could be overweight, unhealthy, and underneath. But in the outside, they look very well. It doesn't mean that everything is all good. And so money doesn't mean it, a mm. happiness, if that makes sense. So I always, I always start there. How, yeah. how do we reconnect while you're doing it? Mm. Yeah, that, there's a lot in that. A lot of makes a lot of sense. And it reminded me of some conversations I've had where people have talked about achieving their goals they achieve their goals and then it's kind of like first of all they don't take a moment to celebrate that achievement they they're kind of right onto the next thing 
and secondly there's almost it's almost a huge anticlimax to achieving that goal rather than yes i've achieved that goal i'm really excited it's like oh i've achieved that goal what do i do now it's it's almost a a, a loss of purpose yeah there there is a loss because um uh, you can achieve all your goals but it's not the means to the end of the goal it's what's next like tony robbins talks about that a lot of the big gurus you have to continue to put that goal out okay if i hit that goal what's the next what's the next um but it's not just in business i think a lot of times as high performers uh we get into that that's how we define ourselves i just told a group today i was training I says, you know, hey, a job or a career or even a business is not what defines you. It's who you are. Um, it's just what you do. It, it's not what you, who you are. It's I am a mental health worker. I'm an entrepreneur, but it's I'm also a Matthew and I'm a I'm a father and I'm a husband first. That's what defines me. And then I, I do all those things on the side. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs um, like good examples, they just get into I got to make money and money's okay. You can make it, but don't make it to the high motivator. Going back to Victor Frankl, the cause gets to be greater mm. than what you're doing <clears> and then the money follows. Mm. The money will follow. Yes, yes that, that's, that's a kind of really, important, really important message. I, I think there's two really important messages there. The, the cause um, should be first. Um, solving yes. someone's problem usually should be first and the money will follow. The other one there, I think, is that identity. Uh, if we, if we're so focused on our identity, is this project being successful, or this work being successful, or me making a lot of money in this job or this business, uh, and that doesn't happen, then suddenly I've got an identity crisis. Right? I've lost my identity. Yeah. Whereas that's that's not. That's really what, as you said, that's what you do. Your identity is something quite different. Yeah. You, you can always start over. That's, that's something uh, us entrepreneurs or people, it, it's, it's not the end of the world. You're going to have ups and downs. I, I always tell people, if you want leadership or if you want to become a business owner, I always had people come in and say, hey, I want you to coach me how to do this. I, I see what you have. I see the aftermath of it. But the problem is they don't see what we went through to get there, right? Um, mm. They only see maybe you're driving a nice car. Maybe you have a nice house. Um, and we've all been there. I remember seeing very successful people saying, hey, that's ha that can't, that's got to be easy to get there, right? But but then yeah. when you sit down and actually interview them, oh, the, the, I'm telling you, all the sleepless nights, all the worry, um, it, 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 it can take somebody down very quickly. And so you have to uh, have a lot of uh, grit and resilience when it comes to being a high performer or an entrepreneur. Mm. Yes, that's a really important message. And I think often the, the sales or the promotional messages from, from those yeah. people simply highlights all the positive part and they don't share their their hurdles that they overcame along the way which would be actually pretty valuable to share particularly you know what what risks did you face and how did you overcome those risks because i think there's lots of yeah. lessons in that 
Now in the, in, in the, in you know, the little, book, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. I was just going to add to that too when we talk about that section. I think it's hard for new entrepreneurs coming into this uh, new age. You get a lot of Facebook entrepreneurs, YouTube entrepreneurs, those kind of nostalgia ones that um, <laughs> sell uh, a promise for these ones coming up. And it's funny, you can call yourself an entrepreneur, but then I always ask those young ones, what have they entrepreneured? What struggles have they went through? There's, they haven't went through uh, certain things. They might have uh, had some similar struggles, but I always just caution, be careful what you buy and be careful who you be coached by. Mm. Yes, it's worth looking behind the curtain, isn't it? Yes. Now in, the, in your work on the courage to lead differently, you talk quite a lot about creating human quality in the workspace, managing by values and, and the yeah. CEO, I guess, is the keeper of culture. So tell us a little bit more about what, what do you mean by those terms, particularly that creating that human quality in the workspace? Well, it all starts with a vision again, purpose. It starts with that visionary. So in, in, in life, you have to have that visionary who brings everybody to the he- uh, table. And in all organizations, you have to have purpose. You have to have values. And so a lot of times are what, what a lot of companies will do. And I was just one of my clients I'm currently working with. He, he had big vision, big, big contractor making pretty good money. But he, he forgot to go back and create that value-based company, uh, doing really well. And then going back as a visionary, because sometimes us visionaries are very good. Visionaries, a definition is they'll have about 20 good ideas, only three, or 20 ideas, only three good ones. Because as visionaries, we're very idea-driven. And so we have to have an operator, somebody that brings it down to the ground. And, and that's what that means is creating that value, um, making sure that we hire, we fire, and we promote by those values. And it can be simple. You know, I always encourage people to do three to five values, but then have a people plan. Because I think most organizations will come into it, uh, it gets a little messy, so some chaos will occur. Because when you first start out as an entrepreneur, it's just you, and then you add one more person, then the complexity grows, right? Then you add another person, then you add another person, and the next thing you know, you have 10 people. Uh, so in my organization, it was just me and my wife, and it became another one. And at the end of it, uh, we had over 500 employees, and the complexity gets worse. And so you have to really have that lined, and that's what that means is just from the visionary, make sure you are looking at those values and um, and promote it all the way down between you and the operator or the integrator. Hmm. Yeah, fascinating. And and the idea of keeper of culture, how do you, uh, particularly in that example that you shared with your business, yeah. where uh, I'm guessing that you and your wife is sort of relatively easy to be on the same page and, and have that... Um, culture agreed and have a good standard of that as you were growing your business so rapidly how did you keep that culture 
consistent, alive, and, and make sure everybody was on board and, and acting in accordance with that culture? Wow, that's a loaded question. I can give you a, <coughs> a really fancy answer or make up something, but I'm going to just tell you it was hard. It was tough because <laughs> uh, huh. when I was an early entrepreneur, I, I sucked at it. I really did. I almost sunk my first business because of that concept, the culture, keeping the culture. And I think as I'm now older, because uh, I started when I was in my 20s, so now I'm in my late 40s, I've got a little wiser. So when I say keep the culture now, it has to be a top of the minds. Because back then, uh, when I was younger, I didn't get it. I thought it was just being nice to everybody, making sure they're taken care of. But I mm. forgot the one piece of keeping culture is an accountability piece. It's, uh, hey, I, I really respect you as a human being, but we have to have accountability in the organization. But we also have to have roles clear and expectations clear. And that's part of the culture is accountability. So a lot of times young entrepreneurs miss that. They think, hey, it's fun to have a business. And I think I fell in the trap of that. And I forgot, I didn't, and it's not I didn't forget, because I have an MBA degree. I, went, I did finish college. I got through it with the skin of my teeth. But hmm. what they taught in my MBA is not reality. <laughs> it's not reality. It left me with a big, yeah. huge student loan. But it didn't prepare me to run a business. It didn't prepare me for it. And so to answer that, I think to keep the culture, what I learned at a young age, if I was to tell my young self again, I'd say, hold everybody accountable, still be kind, but then follow up and, and uh, fire quickly and hire slowly. And then make sure that they fit the culture to begin with and then have that. So now what I do in keeping the culture is I have my five core values. And when I interview, I interview by those five core values. So that's how I keep it now. And and if I don't see you living those values, I, I let you go very quickly. So it's, it's a game changer. Because um, in the yeah. past, I had a lot of unhealthy employees that almost hurt the business. So that, that would be how to, how to keep the culture in, in a long, kind of way because it, it it's such a that's a fun and that's a fun question by the way because <laughs> there, there's no beautiful answer with yeah. it because i think most entrepreneurs end up hurting their organizations hmm. i think though you you raise a couple of really important points there is first of all being really yeah. clear about what are the core values the really non-negotiable yes. core values and if you can narrow that those down to such a tight group like you have and then bringing people on for matching those values and asking in the interview asking about those so I know I like to do that as well and I like to ask people to give me an example of how you behaved in a situation where that those values might be displayed and then I can tell okay um, well first of all I can usually tell if they're trying to paint a a rosy picture for me because they want to impress me or if they're being honest being authentic um, and secondly I can tell okay they, they've acted in this way in that particular situation therefore they are or they are not 
a match for our culture. I agree. Yeah, value-based interviewing is so important. I think, uh, like you mentioned, I think a good spot of that is just really setting those questions. So we do, in our organization, we usually have a panel if it's a big position. Uh, if it's an executive mm. position, then the panel will interview them with the values in mind so that the questions are designed, like you said, to, to ask value-based questions. Mm. Excellent. And and then the other question around that that rapid growth in in the business is how do you keep people kind of keep the teamwork alive, keep people feeling part of, of a bigger purpose, keep that purpose-driven value, if you like, really core to the whole organization? Yeah, that, that's important. So we have what's called a, uh, a vision tool. Um, so a tool that kind of helps you uh, get your values in place, get your, it, you know, some people, I call it a vision tool, but some people call it SWOT analysis or your strategic plan. But we take that plan, uh, but we also kind of, I've kind of adapted from other systems, like uh, a system called the US, I like that one. So you have to have a system in place. You've got to have an op operating system. So one of the pieces we use to keep that value in place is uh, we take that plan, we take everything every quarter when we meet as executives, then as the visionary, I go to the rest of the organization and call the state of the, the co company, right? What's, where are we at? What is it going on? Hmm. And I, I give that speech to the whole company. So that speech goes down that after we met as executives that quarter, then I go around and meet with all everybody and making sure they understand what the core values are, what we're doing, what is our mission, and speak to all the company rocks or goals that quarter so that everybody's bought into what we're doing and they see that, if that makes sense. So I think that's what it was the game changer for me uh, as an entrepreneur is just being able to cascade that message down to even the janitor. Everybody got to know it. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's a really important yeah. point, I think, and I know from some of the big organisations I've worked in that that was definitely there was a breakdown in communications. I mean, I was um, later on in my career at very senior levels, but I know even even at some of those senior levels, the decisions at board level um, didn't even reach sort of two levels down, and yeah. let alone right through the organization. Mm. All right, well, this is fascinating, Matthew. We could go on digging into this in a lot more detail, but I'm cognizant of the time and, and your time. I'm really appreciative of you spending the time with us. So I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. It's the same five questions I ask of each of our guests. So the idea is you'll give us some really snappy answers that'll inspire the listener to do something awesome as a result today. You all set? Right. I'm set. Let's, let's do so it. So what's the number one thing? <laughs> Excellent. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Uh, just get up and do it. Get over your fear. Go do it. <laughs> 
Yeah, take action. That's important, right? You mentioned that earlier as well. Thanks for that. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Um, I get the idea and I figure out if somebody's done it or if it's out there and how I can make it happen. Okay, so focused on action again. Yep, and then I have a little book with me that I write all my ideas down every day. Excellent. You keep keep track of them. Hmm. It's um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we have lots of ideas, and then um, I hear this so often, and I've said it quite a lot myself. You see something that's been implemented that's that's a success, and you say, "Oh, I thought of that ages ago." Uh, but first of all, it's not documented anywhere. Secondly, you didn't take the action as as those people nope. did that that actually put it in place. Yeah. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use a lot? Uh, yeah, I use um, Audible, and then I use uh, my coach. So a coach needs a coach. Uh, so I have a mentor mm-hmm. that I've asked to help me mentor. I've got lots of good mentors around me uh, that have done it before me and are way more successful. That's my resources, yeah. Excellent, yeah, and Audible's fantastic, isn't it? Um, as I said earlier, I'm a big fan of listening to audiobooks as well. All right, now, what's the best way to keep a, a client on track? Um, holding them accountable by giving them the assignments and, and making sure they do it and you don't do it for them. I always, say, I always tell my clients, mm-hmm. um, I can help you to the finish line, but I can't do it for you. Um, but I promise them if they'll do the work, they'll get the results. It's just like going to the gym. If you want it, yep. you got to put in the time. Uh, so I make them use their calendar. It's amazing that a lot of people don't use their calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you do that? You set set times aside to work on tasks, or um, just yeah, put the deadlines in your calendar. Yeah. Mm. Teach them blocking, and I teach them Excellent. also. Um, we go through and, and talk about their time wasters, uh, Netflix, whatever's wasting their time, because uh, everybody can get mm. it done. They just waste their time. <laughs> yeah, keeping them focused, bringing them back to their purpose. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Excellent. All right, and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I think for me, it's your, there's one of you, there's only you, and the way to do it is figuring out how to tell your story and get it out there, uh, but also marketing yourself mm-hmm. in an appropriate way. Uh, be honest, don't overdo it. Be genuine. Uh, I think everybody likes to connect if you're genuine and sincere. Uh, don't be a car salesman. Don't, no offense to car salesmen. They're good people. <laughs> but what I mean is don't hype it, don't over-exaggerate it, uh, yeah. and, and you'll do well. I think that's what I've learned in marketing. Be genuine. Mm. Yes, great advice. And and I love the, yeah, each of us is unique in our own way. So own that, be aware of what that is, and share your story authentically. Correct. Love it. 
All right. Thanks, Matthew. This has been fantastic. Now, where can people find out more about you, um, listen to your podcast, get a hold of your books, and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? Yeah, you can go to um, mctraining.us. Uh, That's my website, or MatthewLelandCox.com, uh, or at mc uh, Matthew dot or Matthew at mctraining.com. Or us is my email, or go to my LinkedIn page, Matthew Leland Cox, and you can find me there as well. Uh, love to hear from you if I can help you any way in getting your team to move from chaos to uh, organization. Um, and just calming the storm. That's what we're here to do for you. Excellent. All right. We'll certainly include those links in the show notes. Now, what action would you like our listener to take away from our conversation today? Just if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, if you're somebody not even in that space and you want to just have a healthy and productive life is find a purpose, be driven. Find your why. It can be just being a good mom. It can be going to being a good dad. It can be just being a, a good individual in your profession. Be the best you can be and show up and don't be a victim to that circumstance because one short bus kid to another or just a kid that struggled, I never used it as an excuse. I showed up and was the hardest one working in the room. Uh, be the hardest one working in the room and good things will happen. People will notice. You never know who's watching. I think that's where my opportunity started, is that somebody noticed me because I, I didn't I didn't care who was in the room and they gave me that opportunity. Mm. Yeah, wonderful advice and great call to action. Thanks for that. And finally, Matthew, who else should we get on the show and why? I think you should get uh, Rusty Burnside. He's on he's on LinkedIn. He's a, a great coach. Uh, cowboy wisdom. He's a cowboy, true and true. Uh, he's just—he's done a good job. He's a consultant. He helps a lot of comp- or a lot of individuals. Um, but you just love his cowboy sense of humor as well. He—he he just tells you how it is. <laughs> uh, he's a Maxwell coach as well. He's just a good at round around about individual. Excellent. Well, we'll um, get an introduction to Rusty from you and reach out to him and bring him on the show as well. So, looking forward to that. Well, thanks so much for your time and your insights today, Matthew. I've really enjoyed our conversation, really had a lot of fun, and there's lots of gold nuggets in there for our listener to take away as well. So thanks for that. All the best for the future, and please do stay in touch. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really engaging conversation with Matthew and took something away from his episode. So as you're listening to this right now, think about what is your purpose? Have you articulated it? Maybe it's time to write it down and then keep refining what you've written down as you think more and more about it. Then show up and Be the best at whatever that purpose is. Matthew's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Matthew L. Cox. That is M-A-T-T-H-E-W-L-C-O-X. 
all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Matthew L. Cox. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Matthew, as well as links to his website, his social media pages, his podcast, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you've listened this far into the show, then you know what's coming if you've listened to other episodes as well. If you love this conversation, why wouldn't you have loved it? And you think it'd be useful to another person, then share it with that other person. You'll be doing them a massive favour. And of course, there's so many other episodes, 539 other ones that we've published up until right now. And there's got to be another one there that you haven't listened to yet that's going to be equally as valuable to you as this episode. So go ahead and pick another one. Listen to that before our next published episode, before episode 541. And then write me a message on LinkedIn telling me which episode you picked, why you picked it, and most importantly, what was the action you took as a result? Matthew suggested that we have a conversation with speaker and coach Rusty Burnside on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Rusty, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Matthew Cox. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Now remember to to go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel to collect your unique digital token, which will give you membership of the Flywheel Nation community, where you'll have direct access to our amazing podcast guests, as well as to a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.